God bless you, everyone. My name is Pastor Jose Martinez. I am the pastor here at the Resurrection Center. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to be speaking about today the four weapons that God has given us so that we can be affected here on this earth and we can live a life not only the way he designed it, but also abundantly. And many of us are not living that abundant life. We're just living and we're not tapping into what God has given us. There is more benefits and more things than what you can imagine or dreamed of. So I want to take this opportunity to uh, let you all know to bring in your family, friends, contact, share, let them know that we are live right now and we're going to be teaching on this series, the four weapons for times like this, a spiritual warfare. Amen. A uh, few weeks ago, I spoke about prayer being one of the major weapons, but prayer by far is one of the most powerful weapons that believers have been given access to. According to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13, Jesus introduces the Lord's prayer. Prayer allows us to communicate with the Father. But there's something about prayer that we are missing. Prayer is just more than a conversation with God. When we're praying to the Father, we are receiving for the Father. There's a transaction that takes place. And many of us are missing that. So we want to find out where is the glitch, where is the miscommunication, so that that way we can pray effectively and have results here on this earth. Amen? Prayer is access to the Father. Abba, Father. Elohim, El Shaddai. Access to the Most High. And many times, we go into our prayer room, and we don't even tap into His glory. Why? Because our hearts at times deceive us in more ways than one. We go into the prayer room with our minds made up. Made up with the thoughts and ideas of things that we think or imagine are going to benefit us. When Jesus introduced the Lord's Prayer, He was guiding the believers, the disciples at the time, into a divine encounter with the Father. And many times we don't have a divine encounter with the Father because we associate with the Father like we do with our neighbors, like we do with our spouse, like we do with others. And we don't receive anything from the Father. When you go into the presence of God, the first thing you receive is guidance. The second, wisdom. The third, knowledge. The fourth, understanding. And most importantly, direction. I can tell a believer by their actions and not their words. How is it possible that Jesus made a way for us, displayed it for us, and we are yet still a mess 
in more ways than one. Now, I understand that there's areas in our life that we're still working on. But how is it humanly possible that we've been following this so-called God and yet there's no traces of Him, only glitches in our lives? For example, if we are fully committed to God and we are giving our lives to God, then the Holy Spirit, it is well pleased and allows us to go into the presence of God. And in return, when we go into the presence of God, there is an exchange that takes place. That means if I go into the presence of God, worry, burnt out, I received in return everything that I need to function and continue to walk the way that He designed for me to walk. So the first thing that takes place is guidance. When the Holy Spirit dwells in you and you go into the secret place where you are praying to Abba, to God, to Elohim, the first thing that He does is guide you. The moment you begin to be guided by the Spirit, in prayer, everything else begins to fall. So whatever you were carrying prior to going into the room, it's now no longer in existence because He's guiding you into a holy presence that brings peace and rest. Not happiness. Peace and rest. Peace and rest from what? From all the things that you obtain during the day. Now many of us don't experience that because we go into the presence of God with an attitude of expectation. God, I'm only here because I know I need to be here, but you know what I'm going through. If anyone expressed themselves like that to you, you would not give ear to. Because it is a sign of disrespect. It is not my fault that you're going through what you're going through, but I'm here to help you if you want to be helped. When you go into the presence of God, the first thing you need to keep in mind that you're not walking into your children's bedroom. You are walking into the office of all offices. And that requires a level of reverence and a level of respect. That's why it irks me when we're going to get together in prayer and people are walking and talking. That shows right there and then that there's no respect for the presence of God. And people that behave that way misinterpret what God is saying in the first place. First of all, God is a God of order. Get that right. God is not the author of confusion. God is not in disorder. God is in order. The only reason why that becomes an issue with us is because we have embraced disorder for so long that when change comes, it's scary. It frightens us. Why? Because for so many years, we were such a mess that the normal, it's unnormal. And we don't give up those areas in our life that God is asking us for because we are our own self to a certain degree, our worst enemy. When you are guided into the presence of God, the second thing you receive is wisdom. Not man-made wisdom, God's wisdom. The all-knowing wisdom. 
Wisdom for what? So that you can operate at a level of abundance and not mediocrity. If you're still living a life in mediocrity and you've been following God for so long and and you say to yourself, God, why is it that I have yet to have a breakthrough in my life? Then question your prayer life. That's what's at question. Your prayer life. How is it possible that you're going into the presence of the all-knowing and you don't receive no kind of wisdom? Many are surprised when I share with them my level of education. They see my actions. They hear my words. And they cannot believe that I'm a high school dropout. Now, I'm not saying that's okay for you to do. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that because I surrender myself to God and I found myself in God, God in return gave me something that I didn't earn or deserve to begin with. There's nothing more better than you can attain to God's wisdom, the all-knowing. You receive knowledge. Now, knowledge is knowing what you once didn't know. It has been revealed to you. And many of us are still blinded to a certain degree and have yet to tap into the all-knowing of God's knowledge. We also receive understanding and most importantly, direction. If you're telling me the same thing that you were telling me 20 years ago, you have yet to learn something new. In God, all things are made new every day. Every day serves a purpose. That's why I don't pray the same way I used to pray 20 years ago. And the reason for that is because I boldly came into the throne room of God understanding that the only way that I was going to grow as a man was to surrender the things that were keeping me as a boy. And I began to ask God hard questions about me, not about him. And God began to reveal to me all the generational curses that were upon me that didn't allow me to embrace his love to begin with. I was rejected from the womb. So I was walking with hurt and pain. And it was hard for me to accept the Father's love because I never knew love to begin with. And the more that I gave myself to God, the more He began to prune out of me all of those things that I bottled up through the years that made my image in front of Him not the image that He created me to be to begin with. And many of us are not broken yet because we have not come into the throne boldly. Go into the throne of God boldly. Why am I always broke, Lord? Why am I always flirting? Why am I always lying? Why am I always acting uh, malicious? Why this? Why that? Lord, reveal it to me and take it off of me. Why? Because if you reveal it to me, now I have understanding. Now I have a knowing. Now if you take it off of me, I am set free. Now many of us 
God reveals to us, but we don't want to be set free from it. We justify ourselves and we say, one day I'll get there. No, today's the day. Today's the day. If God has given you the opportunity to walk into the throne room, it's an opportunity for you to be set free. It doesn't need to take an event or a church activity for you to be set free. You can be set free right now in the name of Jesus. But you got to understand how to approach God to begin with. I have learned that the best way to approach God is to come in empty. I don't know nothing, Lord. Holy Spirit, guide me in prayer this morning. I don't want my knowledge. I don't want my intellect. I don't want my achievements to get in front of you, Lord. Because if I allow all of these things to be in front of you, then it is just me being powerful and bowful. And I'm going to go in there full with a bunch of junk. And I'm going to come out with a bunch of junk. If your prayers are bouncing off the walls and you cannot get your train of thought together. I don't know if this has happened to you. It has happened to me many times that I begin to pray and I lose track of what I'm praying for and my prayers feel like they're bouncing off the roof or they're bouncing off the walls and I'm not getting anywhere. That's an indication that you need to check your heart. That's where you stop. Stop right there. And say, God, there's something in my heart. That's not allowing me to connect with you. And the reason why I say the heart, because according to the Bible, all the issues of life flow through the heart. Lord, right now I give you my heart. I learned that the more I give God, the more he could work with. The less I give God, the less he can work with. Why? Because God is a gentleman. So I give it to him all. I give him my finances. I give him my culture. Yes, my culture. My culture has prevented me to operate in the kingdom of God. Because when you put culture over the kingdom of God, you will always be prejudiced to the supernatural. You will be selective in who to bless and who not to bless. But when you're from the kingdom of God, you begin to bless people you never thought that you could possibly bless, it's because your whole time, your culture was prejudiced to a system or to another race. That's why the devil hates when you receive knowledge and wisdom and understanding because knowledge and wisdom is the deadliest weapon against the kingdom of the devil. But as long as you're ignorant and immature, you are a puppet for him. He can use you, abuse you, And when he's done with you, he could get rid of you. That's why there's many people today running from their calling. And they're running from their calling because they have no understanding that what God has for them is greater than what they're currently in. If you understood that, today you will have a breakthrough in your life. We have to, as believers... Understand that this is crucial. Why? Because time is not on your side. Time is not on your side. You'd be surprised how much time you waste on things that don't benefit you to begin with. If you understood the value of time, you will be successful in this lifetime. There's no other life. There's no reincarnation. You only get one life. So... I once heard this lady say that she spent 40 years of her life 
just giving it away. And she came to the point of realization saying, I'm going to keep the rest of the years that I got left. And that ministered to me in more ways than one. How many of us have given away years of our lives for the cost of nothing, for the sake of nothing? Start keeping some of those years. How do you keep some of those years? When you allow God to use you for his divine purpose and will. But as long as you keep running from God and you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to be a victim of yourself. And before you know, it's not going to take long that you're going to know that you just gave years away that you could have kept. Every day serves a purpose in my life and I treasure every single day. But it began when I decided to be real with God. When I started opening up to God, I began to let go of everything that I was aware and I wasn't aware of. Because there's certain things that you're not aware of that are killing you. Amen? Like many of you, when you have your yearly checkup and the doctor takes your blood work and your vitals and all of that, and they give you a report and they say, well, your blood pressure is up. You, you, you would have never thought that. Well, I've been fine. I feel good. Because you're only seeing things your way. But when you, you get a true diagnose of what's going on inside, you have a picture of what you're dealing with. You have some information that's going to help you correct that. Amen. How many could give God a round of applause? When we come boldly in the presence of God, we also need to keep this in mind. That many times, all we're doing is speaking to God. And we live no to no little time for God to minister us. We talk too much and our minds are made up. But we give a little or none of our time to allow God to minister us. As believer, we have to also keep in mind that while we're praying, there has to be a time where God ministers to you. Now, sometimes that time is when you don't have anything to say. And normally that's when you wrap up your prayer and you get up and you say, amen, hallelujah, and you leave. Have you ever been silenced in the presence of God? Being silenced in the presence of God allows God to minister to you in areas that you can minister to yourself. For example, if I was choking, I couldn't perform CPR on myself. I would need someone. I will hope someone's around. Amen? I can't sit there and blow air right i i couldn't do that and sometimes that's how how we are we go into the presence of god all choked up and we don't allow him to minister to us because we're afraid pride imagine you waking up let's say you were choking you fainted you fell on the floor and next thing you know you open up your eyes and someone else's lips besides your wife or your husband are on yours that will make you feel some type way. But you miss out the point that that person saved you. And that's how it is when we go into the presence of God. We're, we're selfish. 
We're prideful in more ways than one. We, we're, we're afraid that God might put his lips on our lips. Let me tell you something. If God put his lips on your lips, praise God, because he's going to blow something in you that's going to blow something else out. Amen? So God performed CPR on me. I need it. I need it. Amen? When God ministers to us, the word minister means to attend to the needs, to take care of. Amen? If we ourselves as individuals are not being ministered to, then we are going to be a product of ourselves. And that's the problem. We don't want to be ourselves. We want to be what God intended us to be. If you take every day like any other day, you will miss God's divine assignment for that day. That's why prayer is important, especially in the morning to begin your day. Because if you begin your day like any other ordinary day, you will be subject to whatever's in that day that probably wasn't for you. But if you begin your day praying to God and God ministering to you, then your divine assignment will make sense throughout the day. Does that make any sense? It's okay to plan. It's okay to have a schedule. But it's not okay to have a routine. Are you hearing me? Because a routine will enslave you. And before you know it, you're giving more time to things that were not for you to begin with. You'd be surprised how many people spend time, countless hours, washing their car, not knowing that rain is around the corner. Countless hours spending fixing their social media page or site to look better. And they lose sight of themselves. They get caught up in the moment. And the moment becomes a routine. And next thing you know, that routine becomes your life. I no longer want to be a slave to my ignorance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a time and a place for everything. I'm going to live life and I'm going to live it abundantly. But I'm going to make sure that I check in with the Father. Now, me, first and foremost, I'm a spiritual son. Second, I'm a husband. Third, I'm a father. Fourth, I'm a pastor. Fifth, I'm the spiritual mayor. Could you imagine me carrying all these titles, going into the presence of God for five minutes? What can I get done in five minutes? What can be done in five minutes? There is too much laid out before me that I have to fulfill and in all, and the only way that I can fulfill the impossible is by doing the possible. Going into the presence of God so that God can guide me in every department in my life. I cannot be the pastor of my wife. She is my wife. I cannot be the pastor of my daughter. She's my daughter. There is a balance to things. Yes, they look at me as their spiritual father. They look at me as their pastor. But if, they, if I lose sight and get caught up in that, then I won't function as a husband or as a father. And many of you go into the throne room, and I did it for years, and pray prayers that only bounce off the wall, expecting change in return 
Jesus says, according to Matthew chapter 6, that when you go into the prayer room, he, the father that sees you in the secret, will reward you openly. Why don't we have success openly? Because we are not spending time with the Father. We pretend to spend time with the Father. But in reality, we're not spending time with the Father. Because when you're spending time with someone, your attention is given to them. Have you ever gone on a date with someone? And especially today, the most annoying thing that you can, that can actually happen to you is that when you're talking to people, they're on their phone. We're, he, we're having dinner. They're on their phone. You cannot do two things and expect to be successful at them. Either they win or you win. And, and, and we go into the presence of God already talking over our heads without even knowing his purpose and will. That's why I stopped going into the presence of God demanding things and asking for things. The first thing that I do is I check in. And I say, here I am, Lord. It's the first thing I say after I say the Lord's Prayer. Here I am. Now, Holy Spirit, guide me through prayer. And all of a sudden, as I'm praying, the Lord begins to reveal to me his agenda. And I begin to pray that I become a part of his agenda. So I begin to say things like this. Lord, remove from me what is hindering me and it's keeping me from me doing your will. And now I have to accept that. So if that means that I have to sit with someone that I don't want to sit with to have a cup of coffee, I have to give in because I pray for God's will. Now, if you don't do that, you will only be hurting yourself because your personal agenda has nothing to do with God's agenda. Are you hearing me? God has a divine plan for each and every one of us so that we can effectively operate under the divine assignment that he has given us and in return he will take care of all of our needs that means that everything that you're lacking of god will give you i don't need to ask god for a car he knows that i need a car what i need to ask god is guidance how to get a car that i don't live amongst my means that I don't get a sixty, seventy, hundred thousand dollar car that I can't afford, or a house if that's the case. You get what I'm saying? So I, I said, God, align me to your divine assignment and let me walk. Now let me tell you. Now many people don't take that the way they should take it. They take that lightly. I have seen couples divorce over a choice of a car or even the purchase of a house. Because it either drove one of them to take on more weight than what they should have. And that brought a strain, that brought stress, that brought anxiety, that even brought planning. Let me get life insurance just in case. If one of us has to die, we're covered. And we laugh and we think that's funny, but that's reality. I pray for everything. I pray for everything. Everything, even a cup of coffee. Thank you, Lord, that this cup will be a blessing to my body. And whatever was intended there, that someone placed without my knowing or knowledge, be canceled. Are you hearing me? 
that's your weapon, prayer. The reason why prayer is not working in your life is because you have not taken the opportunity or you haven't taken the moment to really sit down and think what God meant by prayer. Jesus did not show them prayer just to show them something. Here, you get an A plus because you, 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 you finally understood the assignment. No, he gave it to them to serve as a model on an everyday scale. Amen? But if we don't know where we're going, we're never going to get where God designed us to be in the first place. Now, listen to this and write this down. Your level of awareness... Affects the level of your access. Your level of awareness affects your level of access. Can I say it again? Your level of awareness affects your level of access. It depends on you. It depends on you. I want to be aware of everything that God wants me to be aware of. I don't want to be aware of what people want me to be aware of. Because God is the all-knowing. What The information that you have is limited. The information that God has is unlimited. And that's what I want. And sometimes we give in to things like that and we say, well, you know, I, 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 I feel like there's a cloud over me. I, I can't pray. I can't even think. I can't breathe. I feel like I'm, 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 I'm being suffocated. That's when you need to run into the presence of God and say, God, deal with me. What's going on? Reveal to me. I don't want to continue to pray against your will. I want to pray in your will so that I can be part of your will and I can have the success that you want me to have. Are you hearing me, church? So we have to step it up. Now, listen. Why is prayer a massive weapon against the enemy? Because prayer interrupts, destroys, and cancels the plans of the devil. You're taking it because you want to take it. But when you know who you are, you say to the devil, Oh, really? I cancel that and bind it in the name of Jesus. You have no authority over my house, over my children, over my finances, in my workplace, wherever I step. Because through Jesus, I receive the favor, the power, the anointing to do what God has called me to do effectively. But when you don't know who you are, You are subject to the one that knows where you're going. And the enemy knows where you're going by your actions and what comes out of your mouth. That's why when you wake up and you're having a freaking frustrated morning and you continue to say that and you continue to declare that you're not having a good day, that this is not your day, the enemy will capitalize that and use that against you and make you your own victim. You know how many times... I have found myself in predicaments with people that wanted to hurt me, that brought me into a meeting with their agenda to destroy me, 
my curability, my spirit. And before they even started talking, I began to get control over the room and over the atmosphere. Father, if this is not of you, I pray that every thought, every plan, it is canceled. I'm praying while they're speaking. I'm praying what they're speaking. I'm praying while they're speaking. Before they get to the second sentence, they forget what, why they walked in there for. And then they give you the floor. Well, what do you have to say? Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for noticing that I wanted to say something. And God begins to turn their plants and their plots against them. But when you're ignorant, you fall right into the trap. You fall right into the trap. When I was growing up, one of my favorite cartoons was Wild Coyote and Roll Runner. And every time that he set up a trap, I always thought he was going to catch him. He never did. But he always gave him that sound, reminding him, I'm still going. Beep, beep. I'm still moving. Why do we keep falling for the traps of the enemy? If the enemy is not creative, if the enemy has been limited to a certain degree, why do we keep giving him? We keep giving it to him because we forget to fuel ourselves with the spirit of the Lord daily. You're running and you're walking. Imagine you driving a car that you never recharge, just in case for those who have electrical cars, or you never pump gas. What good is it? What good is it having the latest model, but you can't move it from point A to B because you never took out the time to refill it? You see, when you go into the presence of God, there's an interaction that takes place. Your heaviness, your burnness, all of that goes away and God gives you of his spirit and in return you are spiritually recharged. And when you're spiritually recharged, you can operate on this form that other people can't. The spiritual world is more real than the physical world. And it's important for you to interrupt the plans of the enemy and the spiritual realm before the day breaks. That's why it's critical for you as a believer to be disciplined in your life. Because if you're not disciplined in your life, that is an area that you will always be subject to. If you're a person that you're constantly late, God can never promote you. Why? Because he can't depend on you. If you're a person that you're constantly lying and gossiping, God cannot promote you because his word is at risk. But if you improve and you challenge yourself to say, you know what? This day I'm going to stand up in my rightful place that Jesus Christ paid the way for me. I am covered by the blood. I am guided by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do and I'm going to be subject to what God has for me for this day. I guarantee you, you just interrupted the plans of the devil. Just by saying that. But if you take every day, just like any other day, you miss out. A couple months ago, I told you how many people, it, 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 there, there was a, 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 a study conducted that many people look forward towards the weekend. 
But the highest rates of death are during the week, then the weekend. So what guarantees you that you're going to get to Friday? It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Now you might say, Pastor, I, I do try to pray, but I lose my train of thought. And, and sometimes I don't even know what to pray for. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of the Lord, which is the Holy Spirit that dwells in you, will lead you and guide you. So all of a sudden, you open up your mouth in obedience, and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you some young girl in Wyoming that you don't know that's being abused. And while you're praying, God is sending His angels to defend and bring to justice for what's being done to that young girl that physically you couldn't get to, but spiritually you could have got to. We operate in the supernatural. We operate in the supernatural. Say with me, I operate in the supernatural. I operate in the supernatural. I operate in the supernatural. Now prayer interrupts destroys and cancels the plans of the enemy. And prayer also reveals the will of God and the plans of Satan. When Jesus introduced prayer, what he was really introducing to you to was a relationship with the Father. How do you know someone you don't talk to? How do you love someone you don't know? Don't take those words lightly. If I say I love you, it's because I know you. Now, if I don't know you and I love you, the one that dwells in me knows you. That's why I love you. Years ago, I didn't love you. I hate you. I hated you. Amen. But through the years, the more I got closer to God, the less I got away from myself. And now I see life differently. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, okay, and before we get there, understand this. In order to receive the power and authority that God has given us, we must be accordingly walking in his will. Now look at James chapter 5 verse 16 and it reads, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Okay. James is reminding us that it's very important that we confess ourselves to each other. That we confess our sins. In order to do that, first we have to be in line with God. Because God gives us the courage and the boldness that we need to step up and say, you know what? I did wrong. I'm sorry. The courage and the boldness that we are built through the Spirit gives access to the power of God that brings favor to the person that you hurt. It could have gone worse. But it didn't go worse because you inquire of the Holy Spirit to lead you in that conversation. There are many conversations that I got myself into without seeking God's approval. And it came out worse than I imagined. 
because I wasn't prepared. I didn't give myself time to go inquired of God so that God can give me favor with that person that I was going to confess myself to. Amen. But if we do it the right way, look what comes out of this healing. Healing takes place. You know, the leading cause to cancer and to heart failure and heart attacks, stress, unforgiveness, anxiety. One of the things that doctors tell their patients, you have it within you to be healed. Yeah, I can prescribe you this, but you are your best advocate. You, you are the person that knows it. God has created us in a way that's unexplainable. That within ourselves, we have the ability to live a life healthy in more ways than one. But if I'm holding on to unforgiveness, if I'm holding on to hurt and pain, Let me tell you something. You're eating yourself alive from the inside out. That's why it's very important that when you go into the presence of God, that transfer, that takes place. That you're able to say, Abba, I'm here. I I know that this is the only way that I could get to myself because I need you in myself. I can't continue this way. I can't continue to wake up every day hoping for a better day when I'm not making any effort whatsoever to make that happen. And Abba Father in returns, because of your faithfulness, because you recognizing, admitting, he's able to transform a procedure that no one else can transform in your life. Within seconds, you can be set free. Within seconds, you could be delivered. It's up to you at the end of the day. Now, when we admit to God in our prayers, what we're going through, God is faithful to make a way out for us. Are you hearing me, church? Prayer allows us to develop a unique relationship with God that gets you closer. Don't depend on my relationship with God to bail you out of your day of trouble. That's not going to happen. Salvation is individually. I can teach my daughter. I can hope and pray. But guess who has the last say? She does. And sometimes we're praying so heartily for others that we lose sight that we need to pray for ourselves. Because if we begin to pray for ourselves, we begin to have mercy and love and passion for others. Just as God has passion and love and mercy for you. Amen. I close with this. First of Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. And he reminds us them. Of something very important that we are to be reminded every day. And one of those things is that change will come. You have to be persistent. But overall, you can't give up. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul, verse 17, says to the church and reminds the church. He says, pray without season. 
Pray constantly. Pray often. When you pray constantly, often, you are showing God that He's important. Because you're seeking Him more than what the average person seeks Him. You're giving Him full authority in more ways than one. When you pray without ceasing, you're also saying to God, I know that something is going to come out of this, regardless of what my eyes or what my emotions feel. Anything is possible for God. 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 Don't limit God. Don't limit God. If you've been praying for your husband and you still hasn't seen, haven't seen change, keep praying. Keep praying. The more you pray, the more he reveals to you. The more he reveals to you, the more effective you can be. The more effective you can be, the more you can conquer. The more you conquer, the more successful you become. The more successful you become, the more people follow you. It's your level of commitment that will get people to respect you and admire you. And the closer people get to you, the easier it is for you to introduce them to the God that forever changed you. People are tired of seeing loop-down, burnt-down Christians that are living life with no sense of nothing. Life is more than just a barbecue. They said, they were saying on the news that this year they didn't even have the numbers. Uh, AAA didn't even have the numbers of the people that are going to be traveling on Memorial Day weekend. They predicted every year. They couldn't predict it this year. You know why? Because God interrupted all things. That's why they can't predict it. God interrupted everything. It's sad to say that. Because a lot of people have been lost through this pandemic. But in reality, something has been taught to all of us. That God is still in control. And he's still in the throne. I challenge you today, church, and those who are watching, to search your hearts. Say, God, what, what, what has been keeping me these last two years? Last five years? Last ten years? Last twenty years? I, I, why am I not where I'm supposed to be? You'd be surprised that he's going to reveal a lot to you. And that report you're not going to like. It's like when you go to check your credit score. You're anticipating as the, church, as the page is loading. Like, oh, 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 oh man, what's the number? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, did I? No one caused that by you. Whatever is not revealed to you is a mystery. Is life a mystery? No. Because if life was a mystery, then why did God create us to begin with? You know what's a mystery? The things that you don't know and don't have to operate in this life. That's a mystery. But life is not a mystery. Why? Because we do all know that we go from the cradle to the coffin. We all know that. 
at one point or another in our life, our time is up. That's not a mystery. So no matter how much exercise you do, no matter how healthy you eat, no matter how healthy you might look, your time one day will be up. So meanwhile, I want to tap into the things of God that are a mystery that God reveals to me so that I can function the way he wants me to function here on this earth. For me to fulfill his assignment. Yeah, I'm going to have fun during the process of it. Yeah, there's time for cooking. There's time for everything. There's time to go to the beach. There's time to go to the, 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 the parks. And all, of the, all of that stuff is good. I'm not criticizing none of that stuff. But many of us substitute that over God. And we forget that he's the one that has given it to us. God didn't push you in a position of blessings for you to be selfish. God put you in a position of blessing so that you can be a blessing. So in other words, if God has removed all your enemies, it gives you an opportunity now to pray for all your enemies. And to pray for those who have enemies. Are are, are you hearing me? God wants to take you there. Now it's up to you. Amen. Bow your heads. Dear Lord, we thank you for the revelation, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the enlightenment. I thank you, Lord, because we're not leaving this place the same way we came in. Today we are leaving, Father, dear God, conquering our houses, our homes, Lord. That everything that you have given us, that everything that you have placed in our hands... We give account one day for all those things. So let us not be ignorant. Let us not be selfish. Let us not be naive. Let us be, Father, dear God, what you have called us to be. So that when we see the things the way you want us to see it, we can enjoy them for what they are. Father, we pray that our eyes will be open, that our ear gates will be open. Subject unto you, Lord. I pray that you take off of me all of my ignorance, all of my childish behaviors, and all the things that I entertain that never benefit me to begin with. And I pray that your will be done in my life. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. And the church of God says, Amen. Give God a round of applause.